0: Another episode of the Hoop Chat. It's Jay here, and in this episode, I wanted to talk about the Denver Nuggets and how they've looked recently and why I think there's real cause for concern for this team as we get closer to the playoffs. But before we get into that, just wanted to give a quick shout out to the other shows that we have out right now. The most recent one being on the Connection Media feed. Gabe, Joe, and Sebastian had a discussion on the Billboard's Top 50 Rappers of All Time. So definitely check that one out. And of course, check out the Richie and Mechel Connection feed as well. Me and Gabe dropped an episode last week where we talked about the John Moran situation. Um, we went over the Katie injury, the whole Lamar Jackson Baltimore weird contract situation that's going on over there that was a really good episode so check that one out and then we'll have another show out for y'all on the main feed later this week with a special guest so stay tuned for that um but yeah without further ado let's get into it all right the Denver Nuggets so first I just wanted to start off with um some team stats and how they've looked over their last 10 they are 11th in offense in their last 10 games which considering the fact that they've been a top two offense for most of the season is definitely a little bit of a red flag there and then they're 23rd on defense and I think that's the real cause for concern because I don't know if you have championship aspirations if you want to win four straight playoff rounds in a western conference which yeah it's really confusing and I think the advantage that Denver and you can, I think you can even say Sacramento now. I think the advantage that those two teams have over the other teams is they really have probably the best sense of who they are as a team. Uh, and that's important, especially as we're, what, a month away from the playoffs. Like those two teams probably have the best sense of identity. Um, and I think that's going to benefit them in certain situations. But when you're 23rd in defense, it's just hard for me to predict them winning four straight playoff rounds especially when you're going to have to go against probably going to have to go against the Golden State Warriors, the Phoenix Suns, the Clippers, the Kings even, Dallas, Lakers, we'll see with those two, but when you're going to have to go against some of these teams in the West that I mean we we know what those teams are capable of offensively when things are right. It's just hard for me to to have confidence in this team when they're 23rd in defense. Cause it really just, the thing about the playoffs is it really just takes one bad matchup. And we've seen this movie before with Denver where last year, and I get they had guys out, but we saw what Golden State did to Jokic in that pick and roll that whether Malone was trying to hide him in drop coverage, blitz the, blitz the ball handler. Like they were trying so many different things, but it was just, it was rough. And I think teams, Sort of saw that Golden State series as the blueprint on how to attack the Nuggets. And we've seen a lot of that the past week in the games that they've played. But yeah, when you're 23rd in defense, and that's that's probably... I, I think they're probably going to finish as a bottom-tier defensive team as the season comes to an end. And I don't know, man. I don't know how confident you should feel if you're a Denver fan when that's just you know a glaring issue. And you're going to have to guard up in the playoffs. So... Yeah, 23rd in defense in their last 10. Big cause for concern, for me at least. Um, Next, I wanted to go over some lineups. uh, Really just one lineup. I like to call this the war lineup. Like, who are you going to war with? And their war lineup is Jamal Murray, KCP, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and of course, the Joker. In a minimum of 500 possessions. Now, this lineup, they're really good offensively, right? They're second in the league in... um, In allowing or in scoring 124.8 points per 100 possessions. So they're just, they're an automatic bucket on that end of the floor. And it's funny because first is the Golden State Warriors with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond, and Looney. But Denver right behind them, really good offensively, which makes sense. When you watch them on the offensive side of the ball, you just see how easy it could be for them sometimes with Joker just sort of just. The way he manipulates offenses, the way he can pass out of double teams and get his own shot. Like it, the guy is very deserving of the last two MVPs, I think. We'll see if he wins the third one. I think the last week has hurt his case, but offensively, they're really good. And he is the main reason for that. But defensively, that same lineup is below league average. They're, I think, in the 40th percentile in what opponents' effective field goal percentages, which basically means what the opponents are shooting from the three, what they're shooting from the two. So that includes layups, mid-ranges, and um and what they're shooting from the free throw line. And it takes in like the rate at which they get to the line at. So yeah, that's what effective field goal percentage is. And that lineup, like I said, the war lineup of Jamal Murray, KCP, MPJ, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic are they're in the bottom tier as far as you know what it looks like defensively on that end, and what teams are shooting against them, and you know the numbers say that, and then when you watch them, the eye test screams that, and we'll get into sort of the the glaring issues that I saw in their in their uh, past five six games, but yeah, so that's the numbers. Those are the raw numbers and some of the advanced numbers that we have with them. Now let's get into what it's looked like on the court. All right, the first game that I wanted to talk about was the game that they played against the Raptors last week. Um, they played them twice, actually. They played them last night, or I guess, depending on when you hear this episode. But they played them just the other night, and then they played them a week ago. They won that first game, which, you know, it was a, the refs were moving a little bit funny at the end of that game. I thought Denver got a lot of calls, and they ended up getting smacked by Toronto in the, most, the more recent game that they just played. But in that first game, the thing that stood out to me was how easy it was for Toronto, who you think of the Raptors, they don't really have these, like, transcendent offensive players like Van Fleet is pretty good, Siakam is pretty good, but these aren't guys that, you know, that are just just blacking out on offense every time down the court. Like they're, they're decent guys on offense, but the fact that it was so easy for them to get their offense off, I thought was concerning. And the way in which they were able to do that for the most part was a lot of high pick and roll. And it was a lot of Van Fleet and Yakapurto high pick and roll, which... Those two playing that style of offense forces Jokic up to the level since he's guarding Jacoperto. And it's funny because uh, Van Fleet and Jacoperto, since the trade deadline, they've sort of revitalized each other's career. So shout out to them real quick. But it was a lot of high pick and roll with those two. And that forces Jokic up to the level. And now you're putting Jokic in space. And Malone was trying to switch it up. He was playing drop covers. But... When they were playing drop, all that meant was Toronto was just walking into these wide-open 15-foot jumpers. And then when they would play the zone, then that just meant guys would just open for three. And Toronto has enough shooting where they can make them pay for that, which they did in that game. Still lost, but in the second game that they played, they knocked down a lot of the shots that they missed in the first game. But yeah, I mean, it was just glaring to me how easy it was for them to get their offense off in the high pick-and-roll against Jokic. Um and yeah that that was a little bit concerning and then the next game that they played which was against Chicago Zach Levine in that second quarter I just remember him just hunting Jokic maybe 10 straight possessions like the the only offense that Chicago was running in that second quarter was where is Jokic let's hunt him I don't care if he's playing zone drop if they're blitzing and that's the thing, like Denver, they try. I'll give Malone some credit on that, and he'll try to mix it up on defense with Jokic. They'll try a lot of different things. But Chicago, in that game, they they didn't care what Denver was trying to run. They, they sort of had their eyes set on, we're going to attack them, and that's going to be our offense. And it worked in that second quarter. And another thing that worked for Chicago a lot was the transition offense for them. And they were getting a lot of easy looks off that, which I think that sort of makes me think about well it makes me think about why Denver is so good offensively and part of that well most of that is because of just how good Jokic is. But I think the defensive numbers sort of go hand in hand with the offensive numbers because in transition they are 24th in defense. So Denver is really bad in transition in transition defense. And that's because you know you have a guy like Jokic you want to have him in a set defense because of the flaws that he already has and when they're not set then that just makes it that much more difficult for them to defend and I think why the defensive numbers aren't as bad is because they're so good offensively that they're able to score and get back and get into a set off or get into a set defense but now if they're either turning the ball over which they did in the Chicago game or if they're missing shots which there was a lot of that in the uh, in the game against the bulls as well now you're on the other end your your defense is not set and that just makes it that much easier for a defense that's already flawed to get exposed and i thought chicago really took advantage of that they ended up winning that game 117 to 96 so that was probably one of denver's worst losses of the season <laughs> either that or the next game which was against the spurs And in that game, it was really like, okay, this is a problem because now you have guys like Trey Jones and Malachi Brennan who are decent players, but again, these aren't these offensive world beaters that Denver might have to go against in the playoffs. Like, Just think about it. If guys like Van Fleet and Trey Jones and Malachi Brennan and Jeremy Sohan, who I really like, by the way, he's just a really fun player I can't wait to see how he develops, but if guys like that are just getting their offense off so easily against Denver, imagine what it's going to look like when they go against the Phoenix Suns, who have probably the top three guys in the league for who you want in that situation where it's high pick and roll leading into a mid-range jump shot, and now you have Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant, the three of the top five maybe best mid-range jump shooters in the game. Or not even just them. Then you have, of course, the Golden State conundrum that they have to deal with with Curry and Clay, and you know the way those guys can shoot. Dallas. I mean, it's 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 tough, man. It's going to be tough for Denver, I think, to really guard against the against these teams in the playoffs, especially because they're already struggling against teams that aren't going to make the playoffs, or you know are on the cusp of make the, making the playoffs. In Toronto's case, and in Chicago's case. But yeah, that that Spurs game was also concerning. Um they they were hunting Jokic in the drop coverage. Malone tried switching to a zone. And this was sort of just a reminder of how good of a coach Popovich was or is. Because when Denver switched to a zone, then you just see the Spurs get into this crazy bag offensively. Where it's a bunch of cuts and off-ball screens and guys are slashing. And there's just so much movement. It's like, oh yeah, the Spurs, when they have talent and when Popovich is their coach, that's a really good team. And that was just a reminder Sort of for me, uh, just watching that game. And then at the end of that game, you have fucking Mamouk who just started slutting Jokic out in the fourth quarter where it was just nothing but pick and roll. Mamouk's going to set the pick and then he's going to pop for three. And Jokic, again, the the physical challenges that he has to deal with makes it hard for him to get out there and really contest the three. And Mamouk ended up hitting three threes down the stretch there. And then uh, the Spurs ended up winning that game, 128-120. to So then you see that game against the Spurs. And then they played against the Nets the next day on Sunday, which, you know, at this point, it's it's almost just like... It's World War Three in Denver and their media. They're all losing. Like, I remember I was watching that game and the announcer for Denver... By the way, these guys are so great. Those Denver announcers, one of the best in the league, I think. But they're like all right, Jokic has a haircut. This uh, Hopefully, this is going to help. Like you can just see them grasping for anything to sort of you know, have some hope on this team and this skid that they're in. And it, that Nets game, it was back and forth. But again, in that fourth quarter, the last two baskets was Spencer Dinwiddie hunting Jokic, pick and roll, forcing the switch, to playing back and forth, and he ends up with a mid-range jump shot. And then the next possession, Dorian Finney-Smith hits a three, and that shot was created by... Pick and roll. The Nets go small. They didn't even play Claxton down the stretch. It was all small. Uh, Finney Smith was the five. And he ends up hitting a big three because his guy was Jokic. And Jokic wasn't able to get to that position to really contest him. He had a wide open three. He hits that. And then on the offensive end, Jokic got fouled. He They were down 121 to 119 when Jokic got fouled. He goes one for two from the line. And then the last possession in which they're down one Jokic gets doubled, they dump it off to Bruce Brown, and if you're a Nets fan, you remember those instances in which Bruce Brown thinks he's just that guy, and he ends up taking just a crazy floater that doesn't barely touches the rim. Denver loses that game, so you have losses against Chicago, San Antonio, Brooklyn, and then they lost to Toronto just the other night. So these are four losses against teams that Again, these aren't teams that we're talking about. Okay, we might see them in the conference finals. Like these are teams that are literally, in the Spurs' case, they're forget about it. They're they're not even sniffing the playoffs. But with the Nets, Raptors, and the Bulls, like these are teams that are sort of struggling to really get a good seating in the playoffs, even make the playoffs. um, And they just look like contenders against the Nuggets, who are a contender. So I don't know. When I see when I've you know. When I think about that and I think about what Denver's gonna have to deal with in the playoffs against teams that are way more talented, it's it's definitely concerning for me. And then offensively, another thing that stood out to me was like Jamal Murray, he's I think it's been a gradual, steady increase from him for him throughout the season where in the beginning of the season it was obviously rough, which is expected. I mean, the guy missed almost two seasons and you come back from that pretty significant knee injury it's going to take you some time and I thought around the middle of the season he sort of looked like himself again in the last week or so he's he struggled but I'm not too concerned about him offensively my concerns though on the offensive side we I think we can uh, lay the defensive discussion to rest there's obvious concerns there but on the offensive side after Jokic and after Murray and Chicago pointed this out when they were just really harassing anyone else who had the ball in their hands it's like Who does Denver have to create looks for them in these close games if Murray doesn't have it and if Jokic is getting double teamed? And Jokic is going to make these just, you know, mind-boggling passes to no-look guys. He's making these no-look passes to guys in the corner for threes. And guys will get their looks off that way, but in the playoffs when the game slows down and, you know, it's Jamal Murray who isn't really fully jamal murray yet and then it's just Joker. like it's tough for me to see where the offense is going to come from you know they made the trade for reggie jackson that hasn't really looked great and then after that it's like okay now you're if you're denver you're depending on jeff green bruce brown i think they should probably play christian brown more um you know he at least has shown some ability to create off the dribble but that's another thing. Offensively like they're really good and Jokic is just that good, which is a credit to him and why he's worthy you know why he's worthy to be in these MVP discussions year in and year out because he's just that good offensively that like the the team is going to be a top 3 defense just because of him alone, but in the playoffs it's different. Like you're going to need more guys to really get shit done for you and if you're depending on Jeff Green who's 40 years old and Bruce Brown who just you know Definition of irrational confidence on the offensive side, sometimes for the best, but most times for the worst. That's that's also a concern there. So we'll see. We'll see if they can right the ship, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I think it is what it is. And yeah, just to wrap it up on Denver, I mean, this is probably their best chance to make it out of the West, considering all the confusion with all the other teams. But that defense, man, they need a... They need to. F- I don't even. I don't even think you can figure something out. They just need to cross their fingers and pray that they can make enough shots and some things go their way, some injury luck, whatever it may be. But it's gonna be a challenging postseason for the Nuggets, I think. But that's all I have this week on the hoop chat. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Stay tuned on all our other feeds. Like I said, we'll have more shows out for y'all on both feeds in the coming days. So yeah. Thank you guys for the support as always. Please subscribe, share with your friends, leave a comment, like, all that good stuff. And we'll see y'all soon.